0: Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is A Step of Faith. A Step of Faith, Joshua 3, 16-17. And to start off, we got a little picture here to start off with. This, uh, Grandma Diane, who's, uh, oh, she is here. Grandma Diane sent me this picture of, of baby Joshua, all right? And a lot, most of you don't know Dave and Megan, uh were our youth pastors. Now they're in the Dominican Republic. That's where our youth group's going to be going. So you'll get to see this little guy. But this was the perfect picture for today. She sent this to me like two months ago, I think, and I saved <laughs> saved it because it's a step of faith, and God often calls us. Often to take these steps of faith that are meant to increase our faith, he calls us to take them so that we'll increase our faith, we'll grow in our faith, and ideally, when he calls us to take a step of faith, that's what we should look like, right? Here we, God, here I come, jump, jump, jump into God's arms and trust Him, and it's a beautiful picture of what we're to be like with God. But far too often, uh, we aren't like that. Far too often, we're like what I. I was thinking the opposite is, is uh, we're going to be going to Disney in a couple weeks, Grandpa and Grandma are taking half the family to Disney, and we're going to have these character meals, and the character meals, you, you, Winnie the Pooh or Mickey Mouse or whoever comes out and has breakfast or lunch or dinner with you, whenever, the older kids are great, they, they, they think it's funny, they take their pictures with them, but there's always, often when we go, there's someone who's like one and a half, two years old, and we take that age, they freak out. They freak out, and and we're like we're trying to tell them this is a good person. This is your friend. You know, be nice to Piglet. You know, and, uh, and but they're like screaming and crying. We got a picture of you know a lot of different kids screaming and crying and clinging to clinging to us or trying to get away from you know this character. Um, we don't have be that age. The baby is only the, the granddaughter is only four months, so Laura will be okay. But but it's often very traumatic because the when we're bigger in our faith. We trust, you know, we trust our, you know, we trust God and our parents and we say, okay, well, I know I don't have to be afraid of this. But when we're little, when we're young in our faith, we haven't learned to trust yet. And so instead of uh, trusting, we, we cling and we are afraid of what God is trying to do in our life. Now, the last few weeks, we have seen in the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 3, that Israel is at a flooded river. They're at the flooded river. God's trying to teach them dependence. He tells them to follow the ark, which is a picture of the work of Jesus Christ. We talked about that. He said, consecrate yourselves, get yourselves ready, be holy. And now they're ready for the final step. That's the step of faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us through uh, many trials and struggles and sicknesses. And we just thank you that we're here. We thank you for the worship today that just turned our eyes on you and touched our hearts with your spirit. And now we pray that your word would would convict us and encourage us and and empower us to take steps of faith that you're calling us to take. We pray for your mercy and grace with this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to read the, we'll start in Joshua chapter 3, starting with verse 6. We'll read the rest of that chapter here. So Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the, the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. So Joshua said to Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gergashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you, Now then choose twelve men from among the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters stop flowing downstream, waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest, yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge the water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled up in a great a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zerothan while the waters flowing down to the sea of the Arabah the salt sea were completely cut off so the people crossed over the opposite Jericho the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Wow. So, we're starting off with Joshua three fifteen to 16 which is the step of faith. The step of faith. Verse 15 and 16. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan. while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over. Opposite Jericho. A step of faith. Now, now, picture this. Joshua's test of faith here. This was a test of faith for him, for the priests, for the Israelites. This was a, a test of faith. His very first command is going to be last one ends a rotten egg, right? I mean, think about this. He's, they're facing this flooded river for three days, completely helpless. That's his first command. It's flooded. And the, and the scary part is, it's not gonna part until they actually step into the water. I mean, you Moses had it easy, right? He just had to raise his rod. You all saw the great tank of heaven. when it parts and they could walk through there. He had it easy, but, but this, this time, it wasn't so easy for him. It's gonna take a step of faith for them. And you might be thinking, well, now that you mentioned the Red Sea, this is nothing. The Red Sea was a lot bigger and scarier than than the, the flooded Jordan. So this wouldn't be a big deal. No. You have to remember, that was 40 years before this. Everybody who experienced that except for Joshua and Caleb, only two people still alive. The rest of them, you know, the, the rest were dead. Just, just children, maybe they might remember. But the, the generation, the adult generation that had been disobedient, they... Maybe didn't even remember it, and it had been 40 years since even Joshua saw this happen, right? It took a step of faith. What if the river doesn't open? Did I hear God right? You ever think that? Did I hear God right? What if the river doesn't open? I'm gonna look pretty stupid. Even worse, what would they, they probably stone the guy, right? That's probably what they're gonna do to Joshua, stone him. Because, but crossing the Jordan was a step of faith for Joshua. For the priests and for all the Israelites, it was a step of faith. They still had to walk through this, this, this riverbed and follow, not knowing when the water's coming back, right? It's scary to, to take a step of faith, isn't it? Think of the steps of faith God has called you to take, or maybe even right now it is calling us to take. It's scary to take a step of faith. We can all relate to that, can't we? I was thinking of some of my steps of faith. One, I remember one step of faith was when um, I was a youth pastor in Connecticut and God started laying on my heart the inner city, which was near there. It was Bridgeport. Uh, Bridgeport, and it was a real rough town. And God started putting a, a leading on my heart to, to minister into this, the inner city. And so. I'm like God. You got the wrong guy. You know, I am from a farm. I know cows Moo. I don't know anything about the inner city. You know, I'm scared of the inner city, and uh, you know that's where bad things happen, right? And so, but God kept that on my heart, and so we finally got connected with with a, a real rough area of the the inner city. In fact, the area was so bad that now they, they bulldozed it a few years after we did the ministry. It was just re- the wor- worst place you could possibly go. It was really a tough tough area, and. We, uh, God led us to start that, but everybody said, You're crazy. You can't do it. The whole church, you can't do this. We don't let our kids even cross the border of that town, much less go down to the, to the, to the the area that you're talking about. Very, very dangerous. But God led us to, and, and we, we started going down and doing this ministry and started bringing busloads of kids back. It was wild. Some crazy things happened, but it was crazy because I didn't know what I was doing. I remember going down there and, Taking kids down and picking them up, and it was mischief night, and and I and the the van driver that day couldn't do it, so I had to drive down and my the guy who did it for me, so I had to drive down and drop the kids off. And I went a back when and they came back a main, main way, and I didn't think anything of it because mischief tonight to me, meant, you know you put some soap on somebody's window, you know. I'm thinking that's what they do, TP somebody's tree, right? You know that's mischief. Oh my goodness, this was a whole different thing where are we are. Where we coming back, and I'll never forget. I'm driving back. And the, there was ice on the road. But it didn't make any sense because it wasn't cold enough for ice. But the road was just glittering like it was ice. And all of a sudden, I started realizing I'm driving on glass. There was so much broken bottles over the entire street, all the way down the main street, glass everywhere. And I remember thinking, oh, God, please don't let my tires go flat here. And, I, and then I came up to a stoplight, and there was a policeman sitting on on the one side, just sitting there watching. And I pulled up, and there's a red light, so I, I stopped. And when I stopped, everything hit the fan. I mean, Eggs hit the, the van, bottles hit the van, everything's hitting the bed. I was assault, attacked, like, you know, like gangs just hammering this van. And I'm like, and I looked over at the policeman, like, aren't you gonna do something? And, and he looked back at me, like, well, if you're stupid enough to stop here, you deserve what you're getting. You know, I don't know. Ooh. you know, so I, I started driving and, and they're just hammering. I just, I just went flying down the, 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 the road. I didn't stop for any stoplights or anything. I just flew down. Nobody stopped me because everybody, it was like, a war zone. So I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I remember going down, one of the, going down to pick kids up for basketball. It was Saturday morning and I said, hey guys, I'm going to come down and pick you up Saturday morning. We had, we had tons of kids. We had an old Greyhound bus and we would just drive the bus down and, and pick kids up and they would just pile in. We had like 80 kids piled into this old Greyhound bus uh, before insurance days and all that. Anyway, the, uh, and, and I remember kids coming up and I said, did you ask your mom? He goes, I don't know where my mom is. They, they literally didn't know where their parents were. They was piling I. We just take them for a few hours, bring them back. Thank God it all worked out. But anyway, uh, but I would say to the older kids, you want to play basketball? And I went to pick some of them up. And I'll never forget the one time I went down. And one of the guys who went with me was one of my youth leaders. And he was from a gang, although he wasn't from the inner city, he was from the suburb. But he joined a gang and he became a Christian and came out of that. So he said, I'll come down and help you out. So we went to pick the kids up. And I get there and the kids were out. And I said, Oh, guys, go, go get your basketball stuff. We're ready. So they went to get their basketball shoes. And while I'm waiting, we're standing there in the middle of this. This very dangerous area, and uh, I remember seeing another little kid there. And there's a little kid there. He's like, I don't know, seven or something. I said, "Hey, how you doing?" And he's looking at me funny. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I thought maybe he wants to play basketball too. I was gonna invite him. We just invite everybody, right? Pile in the van. And and the the kid next to me, the guy I brought, he said, "What are you doing?" I go, "I'm waving to a little kid." You know, I'm. Gonna invite him to basketball. He goes, don't look at him. I go, why? What's the problem? He goes, he's a drug lookout. He's a drug deal lookout. The little kid is looking out for drug deals. Look right behind him. And I look behind him. And there were some not little kids, there were some very big guys who were not happy to see me staring at their direction. They were like scowling, you know. And, and I'm like, and I go, what's going on? He goes, This is a drug deal going down. And I go, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's like Miami Vice, we're Starsky and Hutch. And I was like, what's going on here? And uh, and he's like, just relax. Don't look at them. I go, what's going to happen? He goes, well, they're trying to figure out one of two things. Either you're an undercover cop or you're really stupid. I go, I said, tell him I'm stupid. Tell him I'm stupid. And, 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 and. Then I looked up, and one of the kids' dads, who I was helping out, you know, going to take the basketball, I recognized him, I had met him before. He was leaning out the window doing some kind of signal, like, Stupid's with us, leave him alone, it's okay. So we got out of there. But, but that's, that was a step of faith. It was scary. Every time we went anywhere down there, it was scary. We we're praying, it's a step of faith. But so many kids were touched, kids saved. I just got a message. From a, a kid, uh, not a kid, he's a young, he's a middle-aged now, man, just wrote me the other day. You know, he saw me on Facebook or something and wrote and said, Hey, Pastor Chuck, it's so good to see you. You know, I'm, I'm here and I'm doing this. And it was just great to see him still following God. But it, but it took that step of faith. We're all called to take steps of faith. Each Having each kid that we've had has been a step of faith. We didn't just say, oh, let's have 13 kids. That would be fun, right? Let's have fun. No, it was a step of faith, hey, every one of them. Every time, I remember every time after we, you know, you know have a child, we're like, okay, how about the next one? Oh, it's going to be scary because we're getting so much negativity. You can't have any more kids. What are you thinking? You're crazy. You can't afford it. You know, this is crazy. You know, you know, don't have kids, you know, and we were like, we had this bombardment. It's like, you know, you know, all around us, this bombardment. But every time we'd pray about it and say, God, what do you want us to do? And he kept saying, leave it in my hands. You know, we're going to trust you. And we had to trust him. It, it It was hard. We had to trust them for the finances. We had to trust them for the energy. They have the energy. It took a lot of trust. A lot of trust. Every kid was a step of faith. And they're still a step of faith, aren't they? So as they get older, 13 teenagers, big step of faith. So what is your Jordan? What is your Jordan? What step is God calling you to take? It's crazy, but you know He's called you to. Stay in that marriage. Even when all your friends are saying, get out of that marriage, you don't have to stay. God's calling you to stay in that marriage. Calling you to stay pure. All your friends aren't staying pure, and they're not waiting for marriage. But God's saying, stay pure, wait. Even the person you marry, wait for the person I pick for you. Don't pick it yourself. Pray and let me help you find that person. That's a step of faith. Maybe taking a stand at school when everybody's... Talking one way in a classroom about some issue, and God's put it on your heart to take a, a stand in your school or in your college. Woo! Think it's hard in high school? Wait till you get to college. Taking a stand in your college or, or even where to go for college. God, where do you want me? Taking that step of faith. Sharing your faith with somebody. Maybe God has put it on your heart to, to share your faith with somebody. And you're, and, and you're like, God, you can't be serious. You can't. You can't mean you really want me to try to talk to them about God. I mean, you know, about Jesus. Are you curious? Okay, okay. God, I' gonna take a step of faith. I'm gonna invite him to church. I'm gonna invite him to youth group. I'm gonna invite him to lunch and try to pr- pray about an open door to share the love of Jesus with them. Maybe it's money and trusting God with finances. We all have to do that, don't we? Trusting God with finances. Maybe, maybe you're a mom, a new mom, and, and you gotta make that step of faith. God, I'm gonna stay home and raise my my child. This baby you've given me, and wait, I'm not going to go to work till they get old enough to go to school, and then I can do some part time work or work or whatever. But I'm going to trust you to meet our financial needs because I know you've given me this gift and trusted me with this gift. Or, or maybe dad's, it's uh, dad's work less. You know, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm, I'm not going to. Neglect my family. I'm going to spend time with them and trust you with this job that you've given me. Maybe it's with the money it's tithing. God, I'm going to trust you with tithing. That's a big step. Most Christians don't tithe. They don't tithe. You know why? It takes faith. It takes trust and it takes faith. And then beyond tithing is giving the missions. There's so much we can do with missions. But it takes a step of faith to give more to missions. That's a whole other step. Maybe it's God's calling you to missions. Maybe it's a whole direction of your life. God is calling you to, to go and dedicate your life to reaching people for Jesus Christ somewhere. That takes a whole step of faith. It might mean leaving everything that you your you know, family. It might mean leaving job. might leaving comfort to, to go be missions. But no matter what, we're all called to missions. Whether it's around the world or across the street, we're all called to missions, aren't we? To reach people. And maybe it's ministry. Maybe it's going into ministry, but maybe it's just starting a ministry. Here in New Hope, starting some kind of ministry that God is calling you to start to reach people for Jesus Christ. And it comes down to faith. And I just, so those are just a couple of things. I'm sure there's the Holy Spirit's tapping on our, you know, knocking on our hearts and reminding us a lot of things, a lot of steps of faith that he's calling us to take right now. And it comes down to faith. God compares himself many times in the Bible to an eagle. Many scriptures, God, an eagle, and you, and you read these verses about how He says, "I will carry you on my wings, like an eagle carrying its young on its wings." And that never really made sense to me until I I was I can't remember I was watching National Geographic, some kind of special or some animal show, and uh, and I and I saw how they how eagles teach their babies how to fly. You ever, you ever hear about this? When an eagle wants to teach its baby how to fly, they're up on these cliffs, way up high, and they take their little eagle, little baby, and they just push him out of the nest. Push him out. And the eagle starts fluttering down, fluttering down, and, and about, they wait about 90 feet down, and all of a sudden they swoop under him, catch him on their back, and they fly him back up to the nest. Set him down. Say, okay, now, Junior, catch your breath. We're going to do this again. Poof. Out, whoosh, down, and, and then the little eagle starts to, you know, get, you know, starts to use its wings a little, and, and all of a sudden they get the idea. Either I start to use these things here, or it's gonna be a very long day, right? And so they, they, pretty soon they learn how to use their wings, and they learn how to soar. And the thing about this is, they've studied this. The mother eagle never misses. They've never seen one miss the baby. And God never misses. When he talks in the Bible about catching the baby, carrying the young on its back, God never misses us. When he calls us to take a step of faith, he never misses. But we miss, don't we? We miss out because we hang on. No, no, no. I'm not leaving this nest. I'm not leaving. I'm not going to do that. And we miss out on what God is trying to do. And God calls us to take these steps of faith, to to teach us how to fly spiritually. And also, not just to take a step of faith, but there's one more thing I want to mention here in in Joshua chapter 3.17, where he says, The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. And this is what I call... Persevering in faith. Persevering in faith. There's a step of faith, stepping into the water, and it parted for them. But then they had to persevere in faith. And this, had, you, we just read the Bible in the Sunday School story, and we forget these are real people and real trials. This had to be scary. This had to be scary. What if the floodwaters return? They just saw this big flood disappear, right? What if they return? They could get wiped out. It's kind of like a reminds me of like a tsunami. You, you know how a tsunami forms? They are all of a sudden earthquake, something happens and, and the water gets sucked out. And then the people, you read these stories, the people are all excited on the beach. Wow, look at that shell, look at that fish, look at this and, and they go wandering out, collecting stuff. And all of a sudden, a short time later, what comes back? whoosh, you know, the tsunami, the, this giant tidal wave comes in and, and kills many of them. That, some of you have seen the movies of what happened recently, what has gone on, and that has to, that, that's what could happen here. Okay, it opened, we're walking across, but shouldn't we kind of hurry across? But he tells the priest, stand right there, don't move. Stand there with the ark. Their step of faith, their toes hitting the water, was just the start of their test of faith. Right Now they're commanded to stand in the middle of the Jordan River while the entire crowd passes by, this mob passes by. And it had to take a long time. There was a lot of people, lots and lots of people here. It took a long time, but their their faith in obedience was being tested. Stand still and wait. You must have been thinking, why do we have to stand in the middle? What would you have been thinking? I would have been thinking, God, why can't I just go across, stand on the other side, and stand there and hold the ark and w- welcome people to the other side? Why do I got to stand in the middle? Right? That's uh, what I would have been thinking. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Doesn't that make sense? Shouldn't we do what makes sense? God does the same with us, doesn't he? He tests our faith. Will we wait until his purpose is complete? Will we wait until it's complete. And it doesn't make any human sense. Why is God making me wait here? Why is he making me wait now? Why is he making me wait with this person? What is God doing to me? Because he's teaching us persevering faith. He's achieving his good purpose. He's bringing out our spiritual potential... Even though it doesn't make any sense, that's what he's doing. And the question is, will we persevere in faith until he completes his purpose? Will we persevere in faith? Maybe you're at the end of your rope today. Maybe you feel like you're at the end of your rope. What's the point? Nobody here, but you probably know someone like this. What's the point? What's what's the point? I, I... thought God led me to marry this person, to have these kids, to take this job, to start this ministry, to be involved in this ministry. But then we hit the wall. It gets hard, don't we? It gets hard. We hit the wall. We're stuck in the mud, standing in the middle of this river, right? We're stuck in the mud. We're watching everyone else pass us by. We're watching life pass us by. And we ask the point, God, what's the point? What's the point of parenting this prodigal? What's the point of... Purity. What's the point of praying? What's the point of preaching? Because I don't see anything changing. You ever feel that way? Will we depend? Something is changing. What's changing? (laughs) Look inside. Will we depend on God's grace and wait in faith for God to accomplish his purpose? What step is God calling you to take today and what and and to persevere in that step of faith? What is he calling us to take? Maybe it's taking the first step. Maybe you're not a Christian yet. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. You've never given your life to him, and that's your step today. The first step is becoming a Christian by putting your faith in Jesus. That's what Joshua is all about. Joshua is all a picture. We've talked about this many times, right? Joshua is Hebrew. What's the Greek word? Jesus. it's a, J- Joshua is an Old Testament picture of Jesus. It's a picture of that. The ark is a picture of the work of Jesus Christ. Everything in the ark, we see the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, what he did for us, the, the, the atonement. The, it's all, all there. And the Jordan means spreading judgment. It's a picture of judgment for our sin. It's a picture of death that we all have to face, face because of that sin. But when... Joshua sent the ark into the river. Now this is wild. When he sends the ark into the river and he led the people through the Jordan, look what happens. Verse 16. There's no, everything's in here for a reason. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam. In the vicinity of Zarathan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off, so the people crossed over the opposite Jericho. Wild. The water stopped flowing and it just happened to coincidentally stopped at a town called Adam. That's where it piled up and it stopped flowing beyond. And that's a picture Of what Jesus did for us. He stopped the judgment for sins all the way back to the time of Adam. And all the future sins that would ever be committed. All the future flow to infinity and beyond. God, Jesus stopped the, 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 the future sins. He took it away. That's what Jesus did. That's exactly what he did. Jesus went into the river and took our judgment. He went to the river of judgment. He took our judgment on the cross, but he died on the cross for our sins. He paid for our sins from the time of Adam to our time to infinity and beyond. He paid for all the sins. He took it all. And he made a way for us to cross the Jordan, to cross through death, through the judgment So that we could have eternal life. He made the way through. And he also, not just made a way for us to spend eternity with with his Father in heaven someday, but he also... By going through that river, it was a proof that we can live a victorious Christian life. Eternal life doesn't start when we get to heaven someday. It starts the moment we put our faith in Jesus. That's when we receive eternal life. That's when we can start to experience victory, progressive sanctification in our life. And, and, and the river, Joshua going through the river, was proof of that. Jesus dying on the cross and resurrecting again is proof of that. In fact, in Josh, uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 16, listen to what he says here. I'm sorry, verses 8 to 10. Verses 8 to 10. He says, Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites. That is a picture. Going through the river is proof that we can have spiritual victory. Taking the promised land is a picture of our spiritual life. The promised land is not a picture of heaven. The promised land is a picture of our spiritual life. After we've gone through the river, we've put our faith in Jesus, we've been cleansed of our sins, we go into the promised land and they had to fight battle after battle after battle. That's not heaven. That's our spiritual life. And going through the river is proof... That we have spiritual victory. That we can win these battles. We're going to get knocked down. We're going to get taken out. But we have progressive sanctification. That's proof that we can win if we follow Jesus Christ. And there are no accidents in the Bible. This is where it gets wild. i got something really wild here now. There's no accidents in the Bible. The Holy Spirit has it all connected. It's very clear if we look with the eyes of faith. I'm going to connect some dots here. It's going to get wild. John. In John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verses 26. John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not not worthy to untie. This happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. And We're going to see he Jesus in just a minute. Jesus came to be baptized by John the Baptist in Bethany. Now this is a different Bethany. This is not the same one that Mary Martha and Lazarus were from Bethany. It's a different one. This is a different Bethany. In fact, if you have a King James Bible, which uses a more literal translation of this word here, it says Beth-arba. Beth-arba is where John was baptizing the people. And Beth-arba means house of passage. House of passage. It literally means the place of the crossing. What crossing? The crossing of the Israelites through the Jordan... ...following Joshua. What a coincidence... ...that John picked that exact spot to do his baptisms. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) We know what it was. It was prophetic fulfillment. Prophetic fulfillment. And when Jesus was baptized... He was baptized in the same exact place that Joshua took the Israelites through the Jordan. That's why he was even baptized. Jesus didn't need to be baptized. He didn't sin. He was baptized to fulfill the type. He was fulfilling the picture. In Matthew 3, verse 13, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan, to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Joshua was a prophetic type that Jesus is now fulfilling. Jesus is baptized at that same exact spot, showing he's fulfilling Joshua's going through the Jordan through the judgment. It's all a picture he's fulfilling, and just as God said to Joshua in Joshua three seventy, he says, "Today I will begin to." Remember, he said, "Today I will begin to exalt you, so that people will know I am with you." He said, "This is how people are going to know I am with you." Look what he says to Jesus here in Matthew three, the same thing with the ultimate. Joshua, Jesus, he says, when he went into the river, God, and came up out of it, God said, this is my son. He affirms him, and that began the, the mir- miracles of Jesus. When Jesus came out of there, he went to his temptation, he went to his victory over, over Satan in the desert, and then the miracles started pouring out. He was fulfilling the type. It's the same exact thing. Like Joshua, Jesus came to make a way through the Jordan River. That's why he was baptized in that same exact spot to show he's there to fulfill it. He made a way through our Jordan, through our judgment, by his death on the cross, by his resurrection from the dead, which baptism is a picture of. When he was baptized, he's saying, I'm fulfilling righteousness. He's showing this as a picture of what he has come to do. To give us his righteousness. He went under that water and came out to show he was going to die and be resurrected again. That's why baptism is so important. Very, very important. That's why it says over and over in scripture, believe and be baptized. I'm not talking about baby baptism. That's a dedication. That's not what this is. In the Bible, it's very clear. Once you believe in Jesus, you are baptized under the water and come out again. That's the only baptism, Jesus and disciples used because it was a picture of what Jesus did for us. We're, We're identifying with Jesus' death and resurrection. We're telling people that we have died with Jesus and come out a new person in Christ with the power of his resurrection. And just as Israel followed Joshua through the river by a step of faith, we must also take a step of faith. We can all, everyone, all cross from sin, cross from judgment, Cross through death. Face death without fear. We don't have to fear death at all. If we take a step of faith, if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? There is so much Proof. Look at what Jesus fulfilled. The prophecies, the types, the pictures. So much proof. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is a historical fact. Any objective historian will tell you that. It's a historical fact. But it still, in the end, takes a step of faith. Let's pray. Have you ever taken that step of faith? Maybe you here today and you're not sure if you're a Christian. You're not sure, but you can be sure if you take a step of faith. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? All it takes is a prayer of faith. It's not something you can earn. It's not some religious right you can observe. It can only come through a prayer of faith. A prayer that you can pray right now now maybe the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart right now and this is the day of salvation for you it's a day for you to take that step of faith just say God I believe Jesus your son died for me He went up through that river of judgment for me on the cross. He paid for my sin. For every wrong thing I've ever done. For every wrong thing I ever will do. I repent of sin. I repent of that old life. I turn away from it. And I put my faith in Jesus. Forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I follow him through this river by faith. Into the promised land. I give my life to Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer of faith. You have just crossed over from judgment. You've left your old life in the wilderness. and the desert behind you. You have passed through judgment. You don't have to fear judgment ever again. You don't have to fear death ever again. And you have a brand new life now. That God has promised us. The promised land. You have a brand new life in Jesus Christ. Your life will never be the same. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. No. You've crossed into to spiritual battles. But at least you're not a slave anymore. At least we're not slaves anymore. Now we can fight. With God's power. I want to encourage you, if you've prayed that prayer of faith, that you let somebody know. Maybe you came with a family member or a friend. Let them know. Somehow let me know. Whether you fill out the card and stick it in the box, or tell me on the way out, or call me, or text me, or email. I love those emails. Let me know so that we can encourage you and help you in your new life in Christ and be excited for you. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Perhaps there's a step of faith God's calling us to take and we are afraid to take it, but we say, God like that little eagle here I go maybe it's persevering in faith maybe you came in today ready to give up in some area of your life but today through God's word we now have hope we know God has a purpose Father I pray that Each of us would put our faith in you. Nobody would leave today without making sure that they know Jesus and have put their faith in him, given their life to him. Father, for the other steps of faith that are so scary, we pray for mercy and grace. And for the spiritual battles that we're fighting, that we have to persevere, Father, I pray for mercy and grace. We all pray for mercy and grace. Pray every one of us would reach our spiritual potential. We would all live out your purpose for our life, your good purpose. We would know your peace and joy. We would know the power of the Holy Spirit. And that you would use us to touch many other people with the love of Jesus Christ as they see Christ in us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.